Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the first epistle of Peter with this message entitled, Holiness Proves Salvation, preached November 13th, 2016. If you have your Bible with you, please open to 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, we preach through the Bible. Holiness proves salvation. Put another word, obedience to Jesus Christ proves that you are saved. Antinomianism prevails in evangelical churches. Antinomianism says... Believe in Jesus for your salvation and live your old life. It says, he who steals, let him continue to steal. For the believer in Jesus is not under God's law. Did you hear all that, sir? St. Peter contradicts this popular antinomian philosophy. And read my newly published book on James. It is the antidote to antinomianism, lawlessness, wickedness, disobedience. I don't beg people to repent. I command them by the authority of Christ. Nobody is exempt from repenting. Peter gives in this text 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, five imperatives. Indicatives of God's salvation must be followed by imperatives of the obedience of faith. Orthodoxy must be accompanied by orthopraxy. Christian theology must be followed by Christian ethics. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. God condemns a dead orthodoxy. And you go to many reformed churches and you see and feel dead orthodoxy. The five imperatives in this text are prepare your minds for serving God. Second, be sober that is self-controlled. Third, hope fully upon the grace of God. Four, stop conforming to your former evil lusts. Five, be holy in All of your behavior. First, prepare your mind to serve God because you said Jesus is Lord. In this world, true believers in Jesus use their minds. Christianity is not irrationalism. Only Christianity uses mind. We believe in the primacy of the mind. In this world, true believers use their minds as God intended, thinking God's thoughts after him, as revealed in the Holy Bible. The mind of every unbeliever is enmity toward God. Colossians 1.21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds. And the mind of every unbeliever is depraved. Romans 1.28, furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind, twisted, perverse. Christianity is opposed by the cultural decay of this country. The mind of every unbeliever is darkened, not enlightened. 
Ephesians 4:18 they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts you read my books on book of romans especially the first volume you will learn total depravity of everything in one sense all life matter to god they must hear the gospel therefore in another sense only the believers in jesus christ will be saved because they are loved with a special love number 2 the mind of a believer is a born again mind second corinthians 4:6 for god who said let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of jesus christ friends the greatest thing that can happen to you is god regenerating you and give you a new mind a new will and new emotions with which you worship god and serve god you are a new creation in one sense greater than the first creation of the universe the first creation came into existence by mere command and you came into existence because christ paid the highest price by his incarnation and his obedience and his death his active and passive obedience brought about your regeneration and the mind of a believer is the mind of christ 1 Corinthians 2:16 for who has known the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ and so we make correct judgments on all things 1 Corinthians 2:15 the spiritual man makes judgments about all things therefore we speak about politics and everything else and we don't obey somebody who tells me shut your mouth we will preach the gospel as it relates to all aspect of life in this world and we understand the scriptures by the holy spirit first corinthians 2:12 we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we may understand what god has freely given us we are enlightened by the spirit we understand what the scripture says the whole scripture is speaking about jesus christ and his work of salvation of his people and we love god matthew 22:37 love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind that's why we don't watch pornography of any kind including false philosophy or false preaching it's all pornography and we go to a church that preaches the bible we need pious and learned ministers of the gospel in olden days the preacher was the most learned like jonathan edwards not stupid or self called to make a living and god writes his laws in our minds hebrews 8 verse 10 this is the covenant i will make with the house of israel after that time declares the lord i will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts that's why we love the bible because it is written within me by the spirit and he guides me to love the scripture and obey the scripture because we are born of god and the purpose 
of the coming of the Son of God was to give us understanding that we may know him and trust him. 1 John 5 verse 20 says, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. You don't know him? You don't believe in him? Well, then you are not God's elect and you are responsible for your sin. God holds you accountable for not believing in Jesus Christ. And I pray, if you are outside of Christ, believe in Jesus Christ and be baptized. However, it is our duty to focus our minds on our Lord Jesus. For what? To know his will and what, sir? Do them to please him. The chief end of man, Westminster Shorter Catechism, says it is to glorify God and what, sir? Enjoy. This Christianity is the happy life, sir. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and what, sir? Joy in the Holy Spirit, sir. This is not one way of salvation. This is the only way of salvation. All other religions are false. You are free to submit to them. And all other cults are false. Only Jesus Christ saves you. An unfocused, loose mind cannot know God's will to do them. Even as Elijah cannot run without tucking his flowing cloak under his belt. Gird up the loins of your mind. Don't be entertained in a church. Get out of that church that will not preach the gospel, the way of salvation. Go to some other church where the gospel is preached seriously, sir. And here we do. So remember, 1 Kings 18, 46, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab and so on. We must have focused mind that understands the gospel to do the gospel and be blessed. In Exodus 12, verse 11, this is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. Work for God. Do. We are not here to be entertained. A double-minded person with unfocused mind is unstable in all his ways. You cannot serve both God and the devil. A double-minded person is a single-minded person. Who said that, sir? Pastor Matthew said, you you can write these things down. A double-minded person is a single-minded person who serves the God of this age, the devil. They think earthly things. Philippians 3.19, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on what, sir? Earthly things. 24-7, thinking earthly things. How to meet and obey their lusts. While they are in the school, they are thinking about lust. And at work they are thinking. The mind is focused on lust. And Luke says in Luke twelve fifteen, Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in what, sir? The abundance of possessions. Don't drink salt water. Makes you thirsty again. There is no limit Look at the billionaires. They are addicted. And they are always making a buck. And then they all are going to die. Did you know that sir? 
because wages of sin is death. And Luke 12 says, And I will say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Golden years at 35. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. Fool means godless one. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself. But it is not rich toward God. Jesus Christ who was rich became poor by his incarnation. That we might become rich toward God. Sir I am rich and you are rich if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. God's people with focused minds, with single-mindedness, fix their minds on Jesus. Hebrews 3 verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers, you can read my book on Hebrews. Brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your mind, your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest. Whom we confess. Not fix your emotion. Fix your minds. Your thoughts on Jesus. 24-7. And Hebrews 12 verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. Colossians 3. 1 through 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. That doesn't mean you don't go to work. That doesn't mean you just get out of the world. No, no, no. God says you must work six days a week. The devil blinds our eyes. That we do not believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. Jesus opens our minds that we hear the gospel and believe in Jesus, the Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Oh, they say that I'm very educated. God calls you a fool. The truth is the devil blinded your eyes that you may not believe in Jesus Christ. The world is pitch darkness. And Jesus Christ is the light of the world and he said you are the light of the world. Luke 24:45 says Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Nobody understands the scriptures until God opens our minds. Devil closes our eyes, gouges out our eyes. Thank God for Jesus Christ, the God and Savior. He opens our minds that we may see who Jesus Christ is. And Acts 16, 14, the Lord opened the heart of Lydia to respond to the gospel Paul preached. And we were there in Philippi several times. Second point, be sober. Be sober-minded. Self-controlled, which is what? Spirit-controlled. Fruit of the spirit is self-control. It is not positive thinking, sir. It doesn't do any good. And you tried positive thinking. It didn't work. Holy Spirit will do the job. A drunkard cannot see reality to make correct decision in life. An unbeliever suppresses the truth of God... Ask the Lord of the universe. And the reality of the devil by divine appointment. An unbeliever suppresses the truth. Oh, he covers it 
in terms of philosophy. He, the unbeliever, understands all reality wrongly. As a fool, he says, in his heart, there is no God. So he lives a self-indulgent, meaningless and purposeless life. He is hopeless and godless and anxious. He believes in a chance universe of no God and no devil and no moral law. He lives to eat and drink and kill his conscience. He is a drug addict, drug filled. He trusts in opioids to keep him happy. He says that the Bible is full of lies. He says man's word is truth. And he says every man is a God. To him freedom is freedom from the true and living God and his holy book. Sober people are born again. Spirit filled. And they delight in the law of the Lord. They have the mind of Christ. They see reality. And they make judgments about all things. Correctly. Through the lens of the holy scriptures. The man who lacks self-control. Sobriety is like the legion demon man. Naked. Restless. Antisocial. His mind is taken over by demons, 2,000 of them. But Jesus sought him, found him, and saved him. As a result, he was sitting down, clothed, having a sober mind. Listening to Jesus to obey him. This is the picture of true Christians who is filled with the Spirit Having a sober, self-controlled mind. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.7 For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and sound mind. Right mind to think God's thoughts after him. And he hears the word of God and he says, Amen. Sober people are born of the spirit focused on the Lord Jesus. They are spirit controlled and scripture centered. They please God and not themselves. They watch and they pray. Luke 21. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness and the anxiety of of life. And that they will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray. That you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Now listen to St. Peter. In 1 Peter 5. Be self-controlled. Soba. And alert, your enemy, the devil. Sir, we have an enemy, the devil. Prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour, resisting him, standing firm in the faith. That means in the truth. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The devil controls unbelievers. The devil attempts to tempt us and trap us, but the spirit helps us to be sober and resist the devil that he shall flee from us. Sober saints believe the gospel that Jesus defeated the devil by his death and resurrection and has given us eternal life So we can resist the devil in the name of Christ and he flees from us. 
And number three, hope fully upon God's grace that is coming to us. This is the main verb in this text, in the Greek text. Hope is faith directed toward the future when Jesus Christ will return to earth in his great glory and power. Biblical hope is not a wish or our dream. Hebrews writer speaks about this hope. It rests on the foundation of God's oath and his promises. Hebrews 6 Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us that we may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. The Bible says the unbeliever is without hope and without God in the world. Our God cannot die or lie. So our hope is sure and certain. His promises are sure and certain. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.24, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes, yes, yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Our hope of the full and final salvation is eternal and is undying. Peter said so. In chapter 1 verse 3. Paul says faith, hope and love abides. Peter tells us that our hope is in God. So he says through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead. And glorified him so that your faith and hope are in God. While unbelievers are without hope because they are without God. What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal in his being, goodness and truth. Question number four in Westminster Shorter Catechism. A happy man is one who believes in Jesus, obeys Jesus, and hopes in Jesus, who declared himself the resurrection and the life. Hopeless people are those who trust in their own money, health, youth, beauty, brilliance, and power. They never trust in Jesus. They mock Jesus and Christians. They see them as losers. Yet they dread to die. They trust in this world and in this very short life whose purpose is this, that we trust in Jesus and be saved forever. First John 2 says this, and you could read my book on First John. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. And St. Paul says in Romans 5, And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Romans 5, he says, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And Romans 8 24 and 25, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. 
who hopes for what he already has but if we hope for what we do not yet have we wait for it patiently friends the object of our hope is jesus christ who is coming again to bring us grace and glory our inheritance kept in heaven our full salvation based on the grace of god alone he is coming again to glorify us and so paul says our citizenship is in heaven and be eagerly await a savior from there the lord jesus christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body jesus promised to come again to glorify us so he said if i go and prepare a place for you i will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where i am nobody knows when he is coming except the father and you read that in matthew 24 no one knows about the day or the hour not even angels in heaven nor the son but only the father friends he is coming to reveal to all that he alone has all authority in god's universe to save and to judge So Peter says in 1 Peter 4:13 but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Or 1 Peter 5:1 to the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder a witness of Christ's suffering and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. First Peter 5:10 and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ He is coming to glorify you and glorify us And you don't want to believe that let me read to you Listen I tell you a mystery we will not all sleep but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed for the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable and the mortal with immortality when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up in victory Where or oh, death is your victory where or oh, death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to god he gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ therefore my dear brothers stand firm let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the lord because you know that your labor in the lord is not in vain friends is coming for every obedient holy believer who is waiting and longing for his glorious appearing so hebrews writer says so christ was sacrificed once to take away the sin of many people and he will appear a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him let me ask you what are you waiting for to die friends have you repented and believed in jesus have you confessed him as your lord or are you still a person without hope and without faith in Christ governed by the god of this age the devil the tempter the liar and the father of all lies and lusts so we are talking about the proof of salvation 
is holiness, holy living. And there are people who are not obedient and you should cry out to God. God saves people. What we are asking for is regeneration. Without it, our belief is no good. Our repentance has no lasting effect. Number four is stop conforming to the devil, the evil loss. If you study Greek, it can be translated that way. Stop conforming to the devil. The saints of God are children of obedience. You see, the translation is not correct. As obedient children, that's not what the Greek text says. The saints of God are children of obedience. That is, children characterized by what, sir? Obedience. Obedience Obedience to God. Obedience, therefore, to parents and pastors and police and all that. Obedience to teachers. The basis of our salvation is always the grace of God, i.e., the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, who alone obeyed God perfectly. Yet the proof of our salvation is not disobedience, not antinomianism, means disobedience. But our obedience to Jesus Christ, whom we confessed as Lord. And when you live out that confession, you are blessed. When you violate it, you are cursed. It's that simple. Because God heard your confession. God is here. You did it freely, voluntarily. Yet the proof of our salvation is not antinomianism, but our obedience to Jesus Christ by grace. So we are told in Philippians chapter 2, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. And therefore, every knee shall bow before him and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether you like it or not, time is coming. Every single one, believer or not, will be forced to confess You read the book of Ezekiel, over 60 times we are told that they will know that I am the Lord through his destructive work and through his saving work. Oh, you think that he doesn't uh, do that? You wait and see. You will reap it in your own life. It is he who gives you disease. For this reason, many of you are weak and sick and many die. Jesus Christ still rules in this life as Lord in blessing and in curse. And so, therefore, because Jesus Christ is Lord, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, notice, always obeyed. Obedience is not an unusual occasional activity. It is the nature of a believer who confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to act according to his good purpose. In other words, even our obedience is the work of God. It is God working in us and causing us to obey him. And therefore, no man can boast in his obedience. 
Acts 26, 20, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by deeds of obedience. St. Paul says in Ephesians 4, he who stole, let him steal, what sir? No longer, but let him work with his hands. That he may have something to give to those in need. Notice the drastic change. He took what belonged to others. Now he gives uh, to others in need. There are only two groups of people in the world. Children of obedience. And children of disobedience. Ephesians 2 verse 2, when you translate it, it says children of disobedience. And 1 Peter 1.14 says children of obedience. We can further translate children of the devil or the children of God. It's that simple. Characterized by obedience or what sir? Disobedience. Disobedience. I'm a man under authority and I have people under me. To one I say, what's a go and he goes. To say to another, say come and he comes. Oh, we despise obedience. We hide behind independence and autonomous. We don't listen to anybody. We have two bucks. If you are a member of this church, then you committed yourself to obey God. And that's not a favor you are doing for God. It is living out your nature. That I'm born of God. I'm a child of God. Like father, like son. Like mother, like daughter. And this is true of all people. Like father, like son. Like mother, like daughter. May God help us to be like our Heavenly Father. So children of disobedience or children of obedience. Children of the devil or children of God. Children born again of the Holy Spirit and those who are not born again. Same old pagan, nothing happened. Other than member of the church. But nothing happened internally. Children who are dead in trespasses and sins. Who can only sin. And those who are made alive to obey God. Because of God's great love and rich mercy. Sir. The rich person in this world is one born of God. And don't come and impress me with your money. But impress me that you are a child of God characterized by obedience, glad obedience to God. So he said in 1 Peter 1 verse 2, you have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. Therefore, If you are not obeying Jesus Christ, whom you confessed as Lord, the Father hasn't chosen you and the Spirit hasn't sanctified you. And 1 Peter 2.8, they stumble because they disobey the message of the gospel. Which is also, notice what they are destined to. It's an amazing truth. There is election and what, sir? reprobation having taken place in eternity before creation of the world. It's a mystery. It is true. And yet everyone is morally responsible. If you love God then consider yourself as blessed by God. Don't look for more money. You don't need it. A believer's life is divided into two segments. What are they? The former and the present. The old life and the new life. You can can reflect in your mind and it will come to you. 
what we were doing. Our old life consisted in conformity to the pattern of this world. Worldliness, moral relativism, paganism, secularism, atheism, ignorance of the true and living God, lawlessness. A depraved mind. What is a depraved mind? A mind that judges the good as bad and the bad as good. Isaiah 5 verse 20. Twisted and perverse. Oh, in this country, the more perverse it is, better it is. Divorce is wonderful, sir. So what is it, sir? The old life consisted in conformity to the pattern of this world, worldliness, moral relativism, paganism, secularism, atheism, ignorance of the true and living God, lawlessness, a depraved mind which judges the good as bad and the bad as good. Our every thought was evil which resulted in evil action. I am speaking about our former life. And so Colossians 3, 5 through 7, put to death, means kill, murder. What? Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, former life. In this former life, we obeyed the devil and his antinomian ideas resulting in our wickedness. In our present life, that is life in Christ, we are born again. And so we have a new heart and a new spirit. And we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So we delight in God's law. Now we are in the kingdom of God which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now we hate sin and love doing God's will. Now our chief goal in life is to glorify God and what sir? Enjoy him forever. Christian life is a happy life. You don't have to get drunk and take opioids. So Ephesians 4, 20 through 24, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Where do you find truth, sir? In Jesus. No one else is true. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Let God be true and all men liars. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self created to be what's like God in true righteousness and holiness. Friends, the proof of salvation is living a holy life as children of our holy God. Now we do the exact opposite of what sinners are doing. Listen. Former and new, present life. Dead in sins, former. Alive in Christ. Disobedient former. Present life is obedient life. Lawlessness before, lawful now, idolatry, which is worship of creation. Before, now, worship of true and living God. Moral darkness before, now we are light in the Lord. Depraved mind 
before now renewed mind in Christ. Old creation before now we are behold everything new. If anyone is in Christ Jesus he is a new creation. The old is gone and new has come. We are new people sir. Before we were children of the devil now we are children of God. We lied before and stole before now we speak truth and we give freely. And you read Barnabas sold field and gave the money to the apostles so that it can be distributed to poor people. That's what we do in this church. Before we were going to hell, now we are going to heaven. Before we were against authority, now we are under authority. We love it. If you are true children of God, you will obey your parents gladly. And the fifth one, be holy as what sir your mother is holy be holy as God is holy God is holy he called us effectually he took initiative to save us he took initiative to save us before the creation of the world in eternity he loved us in eternity. Think about that, sir. If you can think that, then you will not be anxious. You will not worry because God loved you from all eternity. And He loved us, He chose us, and predestinated us to glory, to salvation, and to a rich inheritance, all on the basis of what, sir? Grace. Grace, grace. You know what grace is? God gives eternal life to those who merited eternal damnation. That's definition of grace. I said if you can understand that, you don't worry about anything. God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? God is around me. God is in me. And I'm in God. And I am going to be successful in my life. Not a flunky and not a failure. God who called us is holy like father, like his children. In Old Testament we read about holy vessels. They were vessels in the Old Testament. Used only in the worship of God. Holy vessels were set apart for God's use in the worship. So God's children are set apart to worship God. So we must be like God in our attitude and in our actions. We are God's people. He who called us is holy and he calls us to be holy like him. Friends, we are the bride of Christ. And Christ is holy, so his bride shall be holy. Did you read that in the psalm today? He's speaking about the bride of Christ and the bridegroom. So we read in Revelation 21 verse 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Jesus Christ will have a holy bride without spot or wrinkle or beautiful. And God is making us right now beautiful in attitude and in actions. We are already clothed with the righteousness of Christ. We are to be holy in all our behavior. Peter says in all our behavior. No exception. 
Why is be submissive to your own husband? Oh, I don't like that. Saint Peter says, in all your conduct, in all your behavior, sixty-two percent of the word behavior is used by Saint Peter. Conduct, behavior. If you are not holy, you are not a Christian. That's all very simple. We are to be holy in all our behavior, in every aspect of our conduct. The world is darkness. We are the light reflecting Christ's glory in the world. We are God's holy people and Christ's holy bride. We are set apart from all moral filth. You see, unbeliever is in the sewer. I told you I did some research in the sewer. And there's a lot of activity in the sewer. They love it. They like it. There is going and coming and movement in filth. And there are people who love it. My people love it so. They love adultery, fornication, polyamorous relationships. Friends, we are set apart to worship and serve God. We practice 724 and not 723. Now all of a sudden you are confused. What is he saying? I am saying Matthew 7.24 says hear and do. 7.23 says you hear and you do not do, go to hell. Jesus said so. Pastor's translation. We render to our Lord Jesus, listen carefully, who redeemed us sinners with his precious blood, we render to our Lord Joyful, exact, and immediate obedience in thanksgiving for our great salvation. And we do so enabled by the Holy Spirit. Friends, obedience is not a burden to God's people. It's a delightful experience. The proof of salvation is living a holy life in the Holy Spirit. St. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 10, make your calling and election sure. That's one responsibility. It's a serious business because you are going to die. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. The proof of salvation is living a holy life in the Holy Spirit. St. Peter gives us the reason why we should be holy in verse 16. What's the reason, sir? The reason is what God has stated already in the Old Testament. Jesus cited the written scriptures often, especially when he was tempted by Satan. The reason is what, sir? God said so. There is no higher authority. God said so. And if you are God's people, you will like it. In his word, it is written down by the Holy Spirit's inspiration. And his word is unchangeable. Because what, sir? God himself does not change. What is written in the Old Testament is true today. For it stands written, Peter says, as Jesus said, and it is true for all times. Gegraptai, one word, it's written. It is the word of God. Wives, be submissive to your own husbands in all things. As to the Lord is, but sir, the word of God. Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her is what, sir? The word of God. Children, obey your parents is the word of God. That's why I preached here, command and demand. 
And don't beg. If you are a father, don't beg. If you are a mother, don't beg. Command and demand. And be specific in your command. To this one I say, go, and he goes. To this one I say, come, and what, sir? He comes. And so in the Old Testament it is written, be holy because I am holy. No sinner can have fellowship with a holy God and God cannot change to become a sinner like us. So sinners must change and become holy. And what is impossible with a sinner is possible with God. God's Son's name is Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And God chose us in eternity to be holy and blameless in Jesus, that his people enjoy everlasting fellowship with God. So we read in Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, what sir? No one will see God. In Matthew 5, 8, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, what sir, see God. Without holiness, no one will see God. Without holiness, all shall go to hell. Oh, did you say hell? Yes, sir. I'm speaking about you. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you go to hell. And there is a hell and there is a heaven. Oh no, your children are out there sinning right now. They negate hell and heaven. So Peter cites written scripture from Leviticus 11.44. Vich e etom kodashim ki kadosh anik. Be holy because what? I am holy. And if you are my children, you must be holy. And disobedience proves you are children of the devil. Unless what? You repent and move on with God. God's children are like God, holy. Devil's children are like the devil, wicked. God's people are like our older brother, Jesus. In both testaments, imitation of God's moral character is the ultimate basis for behavior, for ethics. Ephesians 5, 1, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. 1 John 1, 6 and 7, if we claim to have fellowship with him and walk in sin, darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, for God did not call us to be impure but to live a new life. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all what sir? For the glory of God. St. Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter 3, since everything will be destroyed in this way What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live a holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. And St. John says, Dear friends, now we are children of God. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Hanani told Asa, he rebuked Asa. And you know what Asa did? He put him in prison. And he oppressed people. And he died. A wicked person. God gave a disease of his feet. But he didn't repent. This is, I said, 
People hate pastors, some people, when he preaches holiness. Don't hate me, sir. God will deal with you severely. Let me quote Spurgeon. A sober mind meditates much upon the love of God to us. His eternal love, his boundless love, love that chose you, love that bought you, love that sought you, love that fought for you, love that worked in you all his good things. And I say, love that gave you Holy Spirit, love that gave you Holy Scripture, love that sent Jesus Christ who spilled his blood for your salvation. Focus and think about it. And then all of a sudden, we love God. If you love me, what, sir? Keep my commandments. Heavenly Father, we have heard your word and we are pondering it. Lord, we understand we have sinned. Sin of omission and sin of commission. And therefore, O God, we know that you will forgive us our sins if we repent truly. And trust in Jesus Christ who died for our sins and was raised for our justification. Lord, your people now, with sober mind, repent of our sins. Forgive us all our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.